God was truly our lifeline through this accident. On those hard days when we didn't know what was happening next, you know, when the doctors would give a prognosis on how we were doing, the Lord is truly what sustained us. Today on First Person, a powerful story of a family's survival following a horrible automobile accident. We'll talk with the Barrick family who not only survived their life-threatening injuries, but now proclaim God's hope out loud to everyone. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You'll meet this remarkable family in just a moment. Each week here in First Person, our aim is to tell stories of people whose lives have been changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and once redeemed, they are ready to serve the Lord in whatever unique capacity they have. Now, especially if you are a new listener, I urge you to go back through the online archive of our past programs and hear many examples of how God repeatedly works in people's lives. You'll find that archive at firstpersoninterview.com. That's firstpersoninterview.com. Well, recently on a trip to Nashville, I was able to connect with a family also visiting Nashville from their home in Virginia. The Barrick family has endured suffering a terrible automobile accident that nearly took all their lives. The story of how God brought them through this ordeal is what I want you to hear today. We'll hear from the mom and dad, Andy and Linda, plus their daughter, Jennifer. Their son, Josh, who survived the accident, was not with us for the interview. I asked Andy to tell me the story of the accident. Uh, When you look physically what we were involved with the night of November 5th, 2006, we were actually coming home from church, uh, church service, where Jennifer was 15 at the time. She was singing in her first choir concert, and it was just a great evening. Linda's father, Dr. Ed Heinsohn, had just spoken on Revelation. Hundreds of people came forward, and uh, we just looked at each other. Linda loves a party, and um, so we said, let's invite people over to our house to watch a football game. Well, we were traveling home on a road we go on many times every day. At the end of that road, there was a gentleman who was stopped by the police. They had him out of the vehicle. He was extremely intoxicated, blood alcohol level of 0.33. They put him back in the vehicle and told him to stay there. Well, he had the keys in the ignition. He started the truck up and came at us going 80 miles an hour with his lights off. We didn't even see him. The impact was 125 miles per hour, and he literally... Uh, He hit us with such force, he dropped the engine out of his truck and ran right over our family van. And so from that instant, our whole lives changed. Hmm. I understand you probably don't remember much about the moment. Jennifer, you said that that, uh, Josh said that dad yelled something, right? Yes. um, My brother says that my dad at the last second yelled, watch out. But you don't remember that, Andy? Not at all. Yeah. And Linda, any recollection of that moment? I don't remember the drunk driver hitting us. I remember waking up and my face is just smashed up next to this broken windshield and I can't move and my whole left side is crushed. And I'm, I'm saying out loud, is this a dream or is this real? And I couldn't figure out how I got there because I was just watching Jen sing in the choir concert. And now, you know, I I thought I was in a dream. And Josh, who was the least injured, was seated behind me. And he was only 11. And he said, Mom, it's real. And so we did the only thing that we could do. We started praying out loud. And we were just saying, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. And we were just begging God to save Andy's life and Jen's life. And um, God was with us. Hmm. Who was seated where in the car? I was driving the vehicle, and so Linda was in the passenger side in the front. Jennifer was right behind me uh, in the second, you know, mm-hmm. bucket seat behind, and Josh was behind uh, Linda. Seat belts and all that. Oh, yes. All the precautions, yeah. but yeah. 
what do you do? I mean, yeah. yeah, no, this was a violent, catastrophic collision. Actually, the people from the helicopters, we were medevaced to four different hospitals, didn't go home as a family for three and a half months. But from the sky, um, as they were circling, they said it was the worst accident they had ever seen. It looked like mm. a bomb had exploded. Mm. Mm. So let's talk about individually. What happened to each of you? Jennifer, what happened to you? What were the extent of your injuries? Well, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. Four areas of my brain were severely damaged, and I was in a coma for about six weeks, and um, I had to relearn how to do everything waking up from that. My physical body was so broken, I had to relearn how to walk, how to talk, how to read, how to write, how to get dressed, how to swallow, how to brush my teeth, everything that you do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. What was your attitude during that long and arduous recovery? I mean, it had to be frustrating on one level. Well, the Lord really gave my whole family the strength and the courage every single step of the way. And they um, would build me up and encourage me. And I knew that my only hope was in the Lord and in His name alone. Mm. I can jump in here. At the at the scene of the wreck, Jen was a Glasgow scale of three, and dead people are three. And, and no one thought, no doctor thought Jen would live through the night. And we prayed and prayed, and thousands of people were praying all over the world. Um, you know, emails went out and text messages went out, and so many people praying for Jen. And um, because of her brain injury, she didn't have a short-term memory. And so as she's emerging from her coma, she's thrashing around, you know, uncontrollably. And um, but she started praying and talking to God and it was the only time we could understand her and she was just praising him and saying Lord you are so good and you are so (laughs) faithful there aren't words to describe you and um, we would say Jen can we pray with you because she was in such pain and she'd say well he's right here just talk to him (laughs) and so Jen was in God's presence and um, she she was talking to him it was a two-way communication she was answering his questions and Andy and I are broken. We're in yeah, wheelchairs. We have our with. own pain. Yeah. And so Jen was not even aware that she was hurt for probably over a year mm. because she had no short term memory. And her, well, Jen's body was hypersensitive and she would scream yes. in the shower. It felt like thousands of needles, you know, hitting her body. You, you remember all this clearly. She Jen, doesn't. She no, doesn't remember no, really, any no. of it. Well, that, so that's God's protection God too. God protected her. Yeah. yeah. God's grace. Yeah. Yes. So she'd Definitely. be screaming one minute and the next minute they're rolling her down the hospital bed, you know, and down the hallway and she's singing glory to God in the highest, <laughs> you know, and she's just saying, I'm so full of joy. <laughs> so Jen had joy and peace that was unexplainable. Huh. And um, and she had no memory, yeah. so, but God was with her. So yes. Andy, both, I mean, everybody is dramatically injured. I mean, tell me about you and Linda here. What, what were the extent of your injuries and Josh's injuries? Yeah, Josh was the least injured. Um, he had a fracture of his nose and some facial and a spleen, a problem with the spleen from the seatbelt. But he actually was blown right out of the seatbelt and ended up on the floor and his shoes were blown off. But he was just a little guy. He was just 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the accident happened. But uh, when the truck ran over top of us, we were just encased in the vehicle. It's almost like it was morphed around our bodies and we were in the front seat. And uh, it took them an hour and 15 minutes to get Linda out and an hour and a half to get me out. And um, and you're conscious during this time? I- I'm not. Um, Linda 
uh, came awake, and and she remembers some of that. Praying. We were praying, praying out loud and, and and I guess I was in and out. But um, there were so many miracles of the night. It was a miracle that God reached down and said, "Not tonight," because we should we should have all died. Mm. Um, just no physical explanation as to why we survived, mm. other than God had a different plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for me, um, I was trapped in the vehicle. My pelvis was split in two places. Bunch of broken bones and. Um, you know, lacerations and all of that. So I was actually dying in the vehicle. And there was another miracle was there was an off-duty EMT, police uh, EMT fireman from the city was on the road. He had a real estate business and uh, on the side, he was a real estate agent and he was there delivering a check and to somewhere. And he came up on the scene and saw that I was dying and he administered, was able to get an IV in me to save my life. And he tells friends of ours, I don't even know why I was there. You know, of course, we know God had him sure, there. Yeah. Well, that's the scene of the accident. It must have been just horrific. And, I, you know, folks have been through so much. And I know you're used to telling the story, but it's, it's, it's uh, jarring to think about what you went through and what you had to endure. I mean, how do you look back on that accident? We'll talk about what God has done since, but how do you look back on that night? I never want to go through it again. Of course not. Um, But I look back and, um, you know, I don't remember personally a lot, Wayne, of what actually happened, even over the next five days, because we were so uh, medically induced with, um, uh, you know, drugs to help us cope with things. But um, it was horrific. It was something you don't wish on anybody um, to see your family and yourself crushed in an instant and you don't even see it coming. So it was a it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, you know, mm-hmm. from a perspective of a father, a provider, a protector. Mm-hmm. Um, in one instant, it changed. Linda, when you look back on it now, does it bring back you know those horrible moments for you since you were conscious? Um, actually, the night of the wreck is not as traumatic for me as the long journey. We've been on a long journey for seven years, mm-hmm. and because Jen still has a brain injury, and God keeps healing her, and oh, she's a miracle, and the Holy <laughs> Spirit's so alive in her, but she still wakes up every day not knowing what day or what year it is, mm-hmm. and the memory comes and goes. She might be walking down the hallway and forget where she's going, um, <laughs> and she just prays out loud and talks to the Lord, you know, <laughs> and even when she's... Um, sometimes writing, you know, you just see her, she'll say, Lord, how do I make an E again? You know, and God just helps her. So the journey is what's been hard. And she had severe pain for probably five years. And um, just that's hard as a mom, you would never choose to watch your children suffer. And yet, for Jen, she's so honored that God would use her. And she was this quiet, um, deep thinker. And she had all these journals hidden in her room. She had written all these journals to the Lord. And she was just begging, God to use her and she wanted to make a difference in the world and she was begging for boldness because she she could hardly pray out loud and she wanted to be able to pray out loud and impact people and so now to see how God's using her um, in countries all over the world and how he's using her story to share Christ she's so honored that God would use her and it's it's really that was the cry of her heart Andy how do you look at it I mean your bodies were broken but your souls were intact right Right. Well, I think, especially with Jennifer, when you think about what Satan tried to do, he tried to rob and steal and destroy, and Christ said that in John 10.10. And for Jennifer, she had hidden so much word of Scripture in her heart and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Satan couldn't touch that. 
And even though her body was broken, the spiritual was intact because Satan has no business there. And so when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Satan can't have us. And that was just so evident through Jennifer. We'll continue talking with Andy and Linda and their daughter Jennifer Barrick coming up today on First Person. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. As you listen to this week's edition of First Person, can I remind you to take a moment and visit the webpage, firstpersoninterview.com? Click on the FEBC banner there, and you'll hear stories of God at work in the lives of people touched by the programs produced by our dedicated staff. We take Christ to the world through radio and new technology. For more, go to firstpersoninterview.com and click on the banner for FEBC. I have several guests today with me on First Person, the Barrick family. We have Jen here, the daughter, and we've got mom and dad, Andy and Linda. Josh, the son, is not here with us, but this is his story, too, and I'll look forward to meeting Josh someday. We're telling this story of this horrific car accident that nearly killed all four of you and by all rights should have killed you, but God spared your lives, and despite the difficulty, you're here today praising God. And you're, you're traveling around telling this story and witnessing about it. What is life like today for you, Jen? You have, you've had this traumatic injury, and yet you're praising the Lord. Well, yes, the Lord has um, given me the strength every single day just to get up out of bed and just um, I pray that I can encourage and impact those he brings um, along my way. And I just want to um, just encourage as well as I pray be a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people when you speak in a church or have an opportunity to, to witness and give testimony to what God's done in your life? What do you say? What's your message? Well, I... Uh, just like to tell people that God was truly our lifeline through this accident. We could only hold on to the promises from him and from the Holy Scriptures. And it is what carried us on those hard days when we didn't know what was happening next. Or, you know, when the doctors would um, give a prognosis on updates on how we were doing, the Lord is truly what sustained us. There had to be lots of ups and downs uh, for Jennifer, obviously, but for mom and dad uh, to watch uh, her progress and dips and valleys and all that as well. Um, Talk to me, Andy, about uh, what, what, when you look at your daughter today, I mean, tell me what you see. Um, I see a miracle. I see God's miracle. Um, Jennifer, you know, she... Um, totally has surrendered her life to her Lord and Savior. And um, I see a beautiful um, display of God's love and God's grace in someone who is not focused on the earthly things, but focused on the eternal. And Jen's real passion is to share Jesus with whoever she comes in contact with. It may be someone in a wheelchair in the bathroom, or it may be a young person. It, it, you know, God has appointments for Jen mm-hmm. to pray over people, to just share his love. And so I see a young woman, Jen's now 22. Uh, she was 15 when the accident happened. Uh, I see a young woman who's totally committed 
her life to her Lord and Savior. And Linda, to hear how Jen responded with those prayers during that traumatic time, that that tells me that you as mom and dad poured some things into her life early on. That, that paid yeah. off, didn't yeah. they? Jen had hidden God's word in her heart. And when you go through a traumatic situation, you don't have time to decide, you know, how am I going to respond? It's just whatever's in your heart comes out. And what was in Jen's heart was the word of God. And that's what came out of her. And she could quote whole chapters of the Bible when she didn't even know she had a brother and she didn't know who her parents were. And she could sing all the wow worship songs. How do you it was explain that? How do you explain the human mind that that happens? I mean, you must have thought this through. Well, we what we saw in the hospital with Jen and what we still see every day because again, she's still injured is there are two sides of her, the spiritual side and the soul that's not injured at all. And when she prays, she can never plan ahead what she's going to say. And the Holy Spirit just takes over and she can't ever remember what she prays. That's a bad way to live. To I know. The truth. <laughs> and then the other side of her, the brain and the physical, I mean, you know, after seven years, she's starting to, she even started running again and little by little, she's getting back her physical, but it, the spiritual side was not injured. We even, she, she did 50 hours at Liberty University and she completed all her Bible classes and women's ministry classes, but she couldn't do the general ed. So, you know, math and science was, was too difficult and they gave her a Bible certificate. So, um, just a living example of how the power of God is so alive in her. And there's a verse you love, Jen, it's second Corinthians 12, nine, and it says for my grace, Oh, yes, I love this verse. It says, For my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. You know both weakness and grace, don't you? Yeah. I mean, they're both important to your family. Yes. So, I mean, as horrific as it's been, God has used it, you know, for good, for his purposes. You now get to share this story. Tell me about life now, Andy. Well, God's allowed us to start a uh, full-time ministry. Our whole family is involved with Hope Out Loud. Our ministry website is hopeoutloud.com. And what we do simply is we go around and we speak as a family, and we also have a one-minute radio spot that we do to Mm -hmm. bring hope and encouragement to people who are hurting. And God just continues to open up the door. And, you know, Wayne, we see that everyone is hurting, You know, at some point in our lives, we live in this broken world and everyone hurts. I was just thinking the same thing as you started that answer because you must, I mean, when you talk to people, they're real with you, I'm guessing. Oh, my word. They They share their stories. We just shared our story story. at a a major church in the South. And an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes after we stopped, we were in the foyer and people, it's just packed. And the pastor comes up to me and he says, no one wants to go home. And that's what happened. God moves in their heart, and he's speaking to their heart directly. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about forgiveness. That's the number one question that people will ask Jen about and um, how, you know, we have to let go of that bitterness because it's a toxin and it eats away at us. And and we talk about scars. And, you know, even if you don't have physical scars, you have emotional scars. We all do. And at first, um, I often share this story, but five months after the wreck, Jen was seated close enough to me and, you know, her vision is impaired and she saw the scar on my face for the first time. And she looked at me and she said, mom, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, Jen, we've been in a wreck. And she said, I wish I was hurt instead of you. 
And she was so hurt, she didn't know she was hurt. And she had scars all over her body that she didn't know about. And as that year went on and God started to heal her more, um, she started to know she had scars and she didn't like them. And we'd talk about it. And what did we decide they were? We decided that they are beauty marks of Uh God's faithfulness. Wonderful. And of how he can bring good through the sad and the hard times in life. And that's really our message to people, that whatever your scars are, that um, your pain has a purpose, and God is going to use you in greater ways, Mm -hmm. and it makes you passionate to help others. Mm -hmm. So that's your passion, to help others now. To help others, Wayne. And when Jen came home, Linda often talks about this, that she would stand in the kitchen and say, God's told me I'm going to have a ministry to the world. And we're like, Jen, you can't even find your bedroom and, you know, last month, uh, people from 42 different states and 19 different countries went to HopeOutloud.com. Oh, ye yeah. little faith. Yeah. 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 And the book is in, uh, Miracle for Jen book is in six different languages, and it just blows us away because it's a God thing. But God was speaking to Jen's heart that I want to use your story, Jen, to bring hope and encouragement to people worldwide who are hurting. Jennifer, is that what you want to do? You want to just keep telling this story and let God use it? Yes, definitely. Mm. That is our prayer. Yeah, and it is a prayer. As a matter of fact, on your program, Hope Out Loud, you often pray. Yes. That, that's the program, yes. isn't it? Yes, why why did you choose that method? Because I think so many people view prayer as boring, and it's it's not boring, <laughs> or they're afraid of praying. And uh, that's what we've learned from Jen, because every day is such a struggle, and she prays out loud and talks to God every day. And we've just learned the power of praying Scripture. And so on our Hope Out Loud radio program, we love to pray Scripture over the listener, because I found Wayne, when I would pray, I was always praying my will and my plan. And like I was begging God to fix Jen. And Jen would pray and say, Lord, did I meet all your expectations today? Did I fulfill all the plans you had for me to do today? And I just, uh, we've learned so much that it's really about, you know, God changing our heart as we pray and desiring what God wants. Well, we have a moment left. And Jen, we've talked about prayer. I wonder if you would honor us by leading us in prayer right here on the radio right now. And think of the listener out there who's maybe gone through a struggle and is going through a struggle. Let's pray for them the way that you're accustomed to praying. I'd love to. Let's pray. Dear faithful Father, we come before you, Lord Jesus, just with heavy hearts, and we do. We want to give our burdens and lay them on your altar of confidence and truth and stability, Father. Thank you for the promise found in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I always love going back to that promise. I draw so much from it. It states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I do, I want to lift up my dear friend to you today who is struggling and who may be going through a valley in their life. And Father, please speak and whisper to their hearts, Lord, that you aren't done using them yet and that your plan for them will far exceed anything they ever dreamed possible. So help them have the courage today just to want to experience you and just to find fulfillment in you and in your name alone. Thank you for coming to their rescue. We praise you. It's your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. The fact that Jen Barrick remembers almost nothing of the accident, but does remember praise songs and scripture she had hidden in her heart, and she's able to express herself in prayer the way that she does, that is amazing. Her story is told in the book, The Miracle for Jen, published by Tyndale. 
And if you'd like to revisit this interview in its entirety or recommend it to someone else, just visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Click on the Listen button and you'll easily find today's program or any past first-person conversation. Firstpersoninterview.com. Also at the website, you'll find more information about the Barrick family. You'll find out more about Jen's book I mentioned a moment ago and much more. Firstpersoninterview.com. And next week, we'll talk with Michael Card. Now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. We'll see you next time on First Person. First Person.